Well, I'm thankful to be uh, with you tonight, sharing the word of the Lord, and uh, enjoying this beautiful day. It's just absolutely, we've had a beautiful week, haven't we? It's just been absolutely amazing. It's been a perfect week for me to work a desk job and be inside. It's been just amazing, just beautiful. Um, at least I was cool, I guess. Um, tonight, I want to I want to share a word with you that um, it's kind of an interesting story about how um, God brought this about. So, for those of you who don't know, um, I don't get my sermons off the internet. Um, and that's probably why you'll find out that they're not as good as they should be sometimes. <laughs> I'll say words that don't make sense, um, and I might say things that don't make sense. And that's why I have my lovely wife, who is missing right now, um, I have my lovely wife to correct me later and be like, hey, by the way, you shouldn't have said that. Um, so that's just, that's just kind of me, okay? But it was funny this week because um, I've, I've kind of got a bit of a schedule that God usually kind of has me on, on uh, when I really start feeling the word for the week and how he starts speaking to me. And um, I've kind of got, I've, I've got a bit of a routine, not a rut, okay, don't call it a rut. I've got a bit of a routine that he usually sends me on. And Tuesday morning I woke up and he was like, I want you to go work on the word on lunch. And I was like, on a Tuesday? Because, like, Tuesdays are weird for me because it's, like, a busy, it's crazy days at work, and I got all these meetings, and it's usually hard for me, folks, but he's like, yeah, I, I want you to go. And so um, I go on my lunch, and I sit down, and I'm getting ready to start uh, looking into the Word and just praying and asking God, God, where you want me to go? When my phone starts ringing, and it's a phone number that I'm not familiar with, okay? But I know it's in the Columbus area. And I know a lot of people in the Columbus area. I'm familiar with a lot of people in the Columbus area. And I just, I just kind of do one of these. I don't know if you guys do this or not. Like, you just kind of do one of these, and you're just staring at the number for a while. Like, do I know who this is? Like, do I, do I want to get into this? Because I don't know what's on the other end of that, right? And so I, I just kind of sat there and stared at it for a while. And I stared at it long enough that eventually the call ended, right? So I missed my moment. Um, and what was interesting about it is I'm a person that if someone calls me, I don't even, now my phone, I don't know if some of your guys' phones are doing this. We have AT&T, and, like, now it's, like, telling you spam risk, don't answer this call. Like, fraud alert, don't answer this call. Like, I'm getting all kinds of weird things like that now. And so I, I'm a little bit more hesitant. I'm not excited about too many spam calls. But, um, but I, I wait until the call goes to voicemail, and then I wait there for another minute or two, to see if they left me a voicemail. So really, if I would have just answered the phone, in about three seconds, I would have known it was a good call, it was a bad call, and I would have moved on with my life. But no, I let it ring, and then I sat there and stared at it for like two minutes, waiting to see if a voicemail came through. And it didn't, okay? And what's funny is as soon as that finished up, I was like, all right, it's time to work on the, on the, on the word. And God was like, that's what I want to speak to you about. And I was like, well, that's weird. <laughs> um, so I do have God's phone number in my phone if any of you need it. <laughs> Just saying. It's a thing. It happened. It worked for me. And it did not say spam risk. It did not say risk alert. It, it was all good. It was nice and clean, okay? Um, now, back in the day, I really, really, and you can ask about that, I enjoyed answering phone calls that I didn't know the number. Like, I took a lot of excitement, and because for me it was like, I I was like, 
I have no idea who's on the other end. Like, I have no clue who they are. They might want something. They might have something great to tell me. Uh, they might have an awesome trip to sell me. I don't know, right? I just want to answer it, have the conversation. And Bethany has always been one like, I don't know it. I'm not taking it. She has no interest in answering a phone call that she has no clue about. Like, it's not even close to on her radar, no interest. I, I get really excited when I get a random text for a per, from a person that did not mean to send it to me. I get really, really excited about it. One, one, one day, I literally had a guy text me and said, hey, make sure you bring some stuff to the party. And I was like, ha, 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 yeah. And so I, I literally just started texting, like, like, what? What do you think I should bring, man? And like, so we're going back and forth, and I, and I was like, dude, the only thing I have around the house that I could possibly bring is a goat. Do you think that would be cool? The guy's like, how do you have a goat at your house? Like, I mean, we, it went on for a while. Anyways. I, really, I, I typically like to do that, okay? Um, so as I, as I sat there and I, and I just, and I was like, okay, God, this is what you, what do you want me to talk about here? Like, what, what is it that's in this missed call, this missed opportunity that you're wanting to? And I began thinking through the process that we go through when it comes to the call of God on our life. Now, the call of God on your life can be incredibly terrifying, Incredibly terrifying, confusing, difficult, challenging, all of, the, all of these things that literally, like, in our minds, we, we, listen, as humans, we try to avoid all that stuff, right? We try to typically avoid all that stuff. And I began thinking about how do we respond to the word when God begins to call us into something? What is our typical response? Now, are we, are we staring at it and waiting and thinking so long that the call is over? Or are we willing to take some risk and answer the call of God? So I'm going to ask you to turn with me to John chapter 15. I'm going to take you a few different places in the word today as we begin kind of breaking this down a bit because I think it is important for us to be willing to, to answer the call of God on our lives. And I think that as we get through this word, I believe that God's bringing this together and he's going to bring it in a way um, that each of us are going to make a, a decision today that we're going to start answering these calls that God's placed in our lives. These things that he's spoken to us, the things that he's spoken over us, the things that he's asking of us, that we would begin to open up to that. But it starts in John 15. And I, the reason I want to start here is because you have heard me say this, you've heard me shout this, you've heard me whisper this. And I want to make sure that you understand this, and I want you to hear this, okay? You have purpose, okay? You have purpose. And a lot of times, the reason why people get so caught up in moving into a place of walking to what God has for them is because they struggle with the idea that God has a purpose for them. You are not here by chance. Listen, I will tell you something that I absolutely hate that pastors say. And I have looked at pastors and I've said, nope, you're wrong. <laughs> and they're like, what is wrong with this guy, right? <laughs> and it's when people say things like this, God doesn't need you. I don't believe that for a minute. Okay? A lot of pastors will say that God doesn't need you. And they're saying it in such a way that God doesn't need you to get in his way. And God doesn't need you in his plan because God's going to make it happen no matter what. But let me explain something to you. God did not bring you here with no purpose. God does need us. 
not in a way that he needs us to be able to do everything that he, not like that, but he needs to be in communion with us because we are his vessels. See, we are walking out purposes that the kingdom has for the earth when we are here and we are actually walking in his will, okay? He has a purpose for you. Some of you are looking at me and being like, um, yeah, that whole purpose thing, I'm not really into it, not doing it because um, it freaks me out. And uh, I'm going to get you through this. We're going to make it through this together. If i got to hold your hand through it, we will, okay? Trust me. John chapter 15. I want to read verses 15 and 16 to you. These are the words of Jesus. He says, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. We've heard this scripture, right? We, we've heard this in our walk, but I think many of us are still struggling with fully adopting the fact that Christ is our friend. Because if you think about the way a lot of people look at doing work, uh, um, and I want to be careful of saying church work, um, because I, I don't want to confuse the idea of doing something for the church means you're doing something for God, okay? You can do a lot of great things for the church and never do a single thing for God. That's, it's just, it happens, okay? Um, we were literally, this is crazy um, that it happened today, but uh, Bethany, I stopped by the house today, and uh, Bethany was like, hey, can you explain to Nakoda um, what I mean when I say something, uh, someone is being religious, um, and also the difference between religious and religion? Um, she's like, I think I nailed it, but I want to make sure that she really gets it, right? Um, and, uh, and so... I'm not, I, I was going to say something funny there, but I stopped because it could be bad. Um, <laughs> see, the Holy Spirit is still teaching me, people. We have to stop seeing Jesus as our boss. See, because I think of it this way. People hate, a lot of people hate, when all of a sudden the boss man comes out and calls for mandatory overtime. <laughs> people are like, what? You know, I had plans, I had this, I had that, I had whatever it is, Right. And it's interesting because um, this week I got a text from a friend of mine, and some of his family members uh, were moving today, and they needed some big muscle, right? I mean, let's just say it, right? Uh, that's why they reached out to me. And so, <laughs> so he's like, listen, man, I'm still a little down from my back surgery. If you could possibly go help them out, it'd be great. And, you know, my Saturdays are crazy. I usually get here at about 8 or 9 in the morning, and I'm usually here all day, okay? It's just, I just camp out here. Um, I have a little tent in there. Um, but, but so I got this text. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to go help them because they're friends of ours, okay? And so um, this morning I, I got over there at about 8.15 and uh, I, I told them, listen, I got like an hour to two hours. That's all I can give you, but I will give you the best hour to two hours that you will ever experience right now. And I literally walked in, I literally walked in there, and I was like, show me the heaviest things that you have. And that's literally what I did. Um, and, of course, it was on the second floor. Um, and so um, I went and grabbed another guy, and I was like, dude, we're on heavy duty. And we loaded, we loaded the truck up. An hour and a half, the truck was packed 
packed full. And I was like, I did my work. I'm out of here. See you later. Enjoy unloading. Wait till they find out that that back is not secure. Because as soon as they moved that stuff, it was falling on them. I'm sorry, but it did. But you know what? When I, when I went to do that, it was joyful. It wasn't, you know, um, it, yeah, it was hot. We were sweaty, and it was hard work, and it was confusing with the steps and, and, and all of that, right? Um, but I was able to serve willingly because it was a friend, right? Sometimes when it's a boss and we look at someone as a boss, it becomes more of a nuisance to serve, right? And we have to start remembering that Jesus is our friend. We are not here as his peons to just do whatever. We are his friends who are to lock arms with him and do the work that the kingdom desires here on earth. That's part of our purpose. That's part of the purposes that we walk out here. A friend desires to honor their friend quite easily. It's literally as simple as that, okay? And I think this is important part of walking out your calling because when it comes to your job, a lot of people just get frustrated when there's something for them to do. And I don't want you to get frustrated when God has something to do for you. I don't want you to look at it as a chore when God has something to do for you. Because when we start to belittle some of these things that God has for us, it, listen, the, the, the impact that you're able to have, it just it begins to change significantly. You know, a few weeks ago, I talked to you about how we're all members of one body and the importance of every person in the body doing their work. If you remember, I made Tiff play the keyboard with her face. <laughs> Do you remember that, Tiff? I don't know if you remember that. Um, she had a mild concussion, I think. <laughs> but I, the reason I did that, remember, is that that's how the body of Christ looks, right? We don't have fingers and hands to do the work, so we're using our face and smashing it into the keyboard. It doesn't make sense, right? And so with every single one of you, you hold a specific purpose that God has designed for your life. But it's up to you to walk it out. It's up to you to walk it out. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 1. We're going to get to Exodus, I know, or I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 1. Exodus is later, okay? Exodus is going to come in a little bit, okay? Ephesians chapter 1. Because here, here's one of the things that I, I began thinking about. Because people aren't willing to walk out their purpose, we are walking around this earth. The body of Christ is walking around shorthanded. We're shorthanded, guys. We need laborers, right? That's what Jesus said. And your purpose is the key to salvations, to healings, to deliverances, to all of these things. Your purpose is tied to that. Like I think of, I think of it this way. Um, well, let me read Ephesians first. Let me, let me read Ephesians first, okay? Ephesians 1, we're going to read verses 3 through 6. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Listen to this right here. Even as he chose us in him before, say before, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. The call and purposes that you want or that you desire in your life, they're not captured by earning them. 
See, some people, even from a ministry perspective, now I don't like to talk about the um, the career path that a lot of ministers look at within a denomination or something like that. But um, a lot of times people will start in a position with the idea that I'm going to eventually go into some other position, right? They earn a different position after success in this area or in that area or in so on and so forth. Very similar to the corporate world, right? Corporate world, you get in, you get a job, you start at the bottom and you work your way all the way to the tipsy top, right? Um, that's I think that's the way it works at least. But with God... You were already chosen. Because you were chosen when? Before. Before you ever thought about it. Before you ever considered it. Before you ever took a moment to say, you know what, maybe I'm going to do this. You were already chosen. See, he already longed to have relationship with you. He already longed to be with you. And he already had a purpose for you established at that point. And so I want you to know as we continue on that you have a purpose. You have a purpose. And your purpose is tied to so many other purposes. See, Bethany and I, um, um, it's funny, today, you know, I get those Facebook memories that pop up and they tell you, hey, look what happened a year ago or two years ago. Or, hey, five years ago, you still had a little bit of hair left. And, like, whatever it is, right, like, you just flip through. And literally... Um, two years ago, today, I had put a post up, and it was in the basement of this church, and there was insulation everywhere. <laughs> and it said, me and Bethany are going to go scoop insulation at the church if anyone wants to come. Now, I'll tell you, I was not using any of my good sales skills, because I should have never, ever, ever, ever showed the picture of that insulation. <laughs> I should have been like, hey, we're going to do a little cleanup, you know, and then, then walked in and been like, what is wrong with you? Um... But, but even then, like when, when we think about the call that God had placed on us to launch out and do this. Now, I, I believe that we've seen great things. I believe that um, we, you know, we, we've had conversations with people of lives and how they've been ministered to and how God has brought them into a place of healing or, or whatever it may be, right? And we look at how we've been able to love our community. You know, we've, we've almost given $20,000 to our community already. Like we see these things, we see these fruits and we see these things that happen. But if her and I, in September of 2016, when we heard the call of God, if we were like, ah, mm, mm, nah, I'm good. We wouldn't have seen some of that. And some of you wouldn't have experienced some of the things that you've experienced because we wouldn't have been obedient way back then, okay? And so what I want you to understand is that there are purposes that are in your life that are meant to, to just change so many lives. You know, I look at 40, 50 lives that we, we get to touch every single week, okay, because we were beating. But I believe that God, within your reach, wants to turn that to 150, 250. And I'm not talking about people in this church, okay? Don't, don't misconstrue that. I'm not worried about packing this church, okay? I'm worried about packing the kingdom. That's what I'm worried about. So I don't care how many pews are empty right here or how many are full back there. What I care about is that we together, we make a concerted effort to say, you know what we're going to do? We are going to expand the boundaries of heaven because there are going to be so many people that meet Jesus through my purpose by walking this out. But we need to stop doing something. Two things, actually. Turn with me to 1 Kings. I told you, I am going to make you go a few places. 1 Kings chapter 19. 
This is actually one of the most interesting um, passages for me that I, I've read this multiple times. And um, it's interesting what happens here. We're going to read about Elijah here, okay? You guys know I like Elijah. Um, I, think he's, I think he's pretty awesome, uh, pretty amazing. In 1 Kings chapter 19, we're going to read verses 1 through 4. It's going to show you a little bit about Elijah here. It says, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid. Then he was afraid, and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. Okay, this is not, this is sad stuff, right? Elijah, um, Elijah is hiding in the wilderness because Jezebel has says, I'm going to kill you by the time tomorrow. You're going to be slaughtered like you slaughtered the prophets of Baal. You're going to be slaughtered. And he was afraid and he ran into the wilderness and he said, God, just kill me. Just kill me. That's not a good spot. What's crazy about it is most of you know the story that had just happened. The story that just happened is that Elijah called out to God. God brought fire from heaven, burned up the sacrifice to blow away the brains of the Baal worshipers. And he had just seen the most miraculous thing that anyone probably had ever seen to that point. And you know what happened? He got stricken with fear and he was afraid of someone taking his life. Now, for us, we think of that and we think, man, what was wrong with Elijah? <laughs> like, dude, like, Scott, that's crazy. All the water, all the barrels of water, all this stuff, right? It seems crazy, but the miraculous is present so often in our lives, and we forget it because we're so clouded by fear in the moment, See, we get stuck in these moments. And when you're in this moment, you, can, you can't even look back sometimes to remember what God had done for you. And you get stuck in this moment. And you, it's like right in your face. And what it does is it keeps us from fulfilling the purposes that God has for our life. It keeps us from answering the call. And that's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy wants to whisper things over you and speak things over you, whether it's from someone else or whether it's from someone. Listen, I, I don't care who it could be. And if we allow that, listen, what we'll do is we'll find ourselves hiding in the wilderness, afraid to do the thing that God had called us to do, even though we could look back and we could say, you know what, he has done the miraculous. He has done some amazing things for my life. But we find fear controlling us. And if we're going to answer the call, we have to stop being so fearful. Fearful of what man might do to you if you follow the call. Fearful of what will happen to your finances if you get bold enough to follow the call. 
We got to stop worrying about all this. We got to stop worrying about this. Uh, the other thing we got to stop doing is in Exodus chapter 4. I did tell you I was going to get to Exodus, and I made it here. Took me a little bit, but we are here. Exodus chapter 4. Because we have, this, we have this, these moments of fear that keep us from walking out what God has. But in Exodus chapter 4, I believe that it shows us something else that often happens. It says in uh, chapter 4, verse 10, But Moses, y'all know Moses, Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? (laughs) You know what? Some of us need to hear that right now. Because some of you are looking at a situation right now that you just don't understand how anything could work out in your favor. You are looking at relationships. You are looking at finances. You are looking at friends. And you are looking at these and you are saying, I don't know. You just need to hear the Lord say to you, who has made man's mouth so that you can get him back aligned with where he is because guess what? He is God. He is God. It continues to say, who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. We need to stop feeling inadequate for everything that God calls us to. Can I tell you, Bethany and I, we often have feelings of inadequacy when it comes to this place. There are so many days that we look at each other and we say, are we doing this right? Did we screw this all up? All the time. And you know what we keep saying to each other? And, this is, and if, if it's me saying it to her, and then it's her saying this back to me, or vice versa, we say, all we're trying to do is follow the Spirit. And you know what? It might not look the way that we thought it did. It may not sound the way that we thought it did. But you know what we're going to do? We're just going to keep trying to follow because if we follow, then we should be okay. It's safe, right? And it doesn't matter if there's someone in our ear saying that doesn't make sense, that doesn't look right, that doesn't sound. Listen, we have to try to follow the Spirit in everything that we do. And just as we may feel that have those moments of inadequacy, we don't let those moments keep us from doing what God's called us to do. We can't. We can't. And you can't. See, there is always going to be someone telling you that you cannot do what God has called you to do. And we need to be willing to do something that can be a little tough, but I think we need to just, like, deal with it. We need to be willing to mess up. See, we have tried to portray a perfect Christianity. That means we're always going to say the right thing. We're always going to do the right thing. We're always going to be at the right place. Now, I'm not telling you, hey, hey, Pastor Tom told me that I really could just do whatever I want. That's not, don't read into that. If I see that post later, you know, Pastor Word brought a great word. I can do whatever I want now. No, 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 no. But what I'm getting to here is that we have to stop. We have to stop. We have to stop being controlled by fear or a lack of confidence in what God wants to do with your life. See, when we allow the enemy to control us to that degree, it keeps us from fulfilling our purposes. 
it keeps us from walking out. And we've, we've got to be willing to mess up a little bit. And can I tell you something? And this is what I want for our church more than anything, okay? I want our church to be okay when the person next to you messes up, when the person in front of you messes up, when the person up here messes up, right? When I mess up. See, in the church, we've gotten guilty of, of getting so frustrated when someone fails us, when someone lets us down, when someone does something that they're not, they're not supposed to, when the pastor says something we didn't like, when the pastor's wife didn't reach out to me right at the right moment, whatever it is, guys. And this is why I, I, I've told almost every single person who has ever been to this church, I will let you down and I will fail you miserably. Because I... This is so hard. I know some people don't understand this. I am human. <laughs> yeah. I mess up. Listen, if y'all mess up, don't think I don't. Now, I'm not saying a license to sin. That's not what I'm talking about here, okay? Uh, but I'm saying that we have to do that. And, and here's, here's the rub. Um, I'm, I'm going uh, to make Rosie come up here. <laughs> I warned Rosie that I, I, may, I may make her come up here. Um, and don't worry, Rosie, you're not going to get to sit there, Okay. Here's the rub. We've got this potential purpose that we need to walk out. Many of us have heard something. Look at this beautiful old phone I got for you, Rosie. You can't have this, actually. This is Beth's. She'll freak out. Okay. Here's the thing. There's a lot of things that have to take place to answer a call. Right? The first thing is, is Rosie, come over here with me. Okay? The first thing that you have to be doing is you have to be listening for the call. See, if that phone was to start ringing and we were five miles away, we weren't waiting for the call, then guess what? You're not going to hear the call. You're not going to experience the call. It's gone. It's not going to happen, right? You have to, within yourself, make a decision that, you know what? I want to hear the call of God for my life. I want to hear it. I want to experience it. I want to know it. And that starts by deciding that you're going to listen. So turn your hearing aid up. Do you have a hearing aid? Just act like it. She's like, okay. Oh, she did. Yeah. <laughs> You're on it, Rosie. I, this is why I call her. I knew, she, I knew she'd help me out. So here's the deal, though. If that phone was to start ringing. <laughs> see that? How good was that? I didn't even tell him when I was going to do it. That phone could sit there, and it could ring. And it could ring. Just stay right there. And it could ring, and it could ring, and it could ring. It could actually continue to ring for about three minutes because that's how long they made this clip to go. Um, and if it runs out, they'll just hit it again and make it run. But you know what? You know what? The thing about that that ringing sound, half of you are like going insane because you want someone to get the phone. <laughs> so am I. It's like literally killing me right now. But you know what the problem is? We're not feeling like that when we hear God calling us. We're not hearing him to this degree that we're saying, someone get out of my way. I'm going to walk in the purposes of God. I'm not going to let anything else keep me from it. We just keep letting it ring. Got about two minutes and 15 seconds left. <laughs> but what Rosie has to do, right? Rosie has an obligation that if she's going to answer the call, what has she got to do? She's got to move closer to the call. 
She's got to start moving to it. Now, I'm going to help you all out, and I'm going to let her just pick it up. You can just take it off the ringer for a second, just so the ring will stop. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, the best team in the world back there. See, you got you to gotta start getting closer to it. See, some of you are so frustrated about not understanding your purposes, and the problem is, is you're not getting closer to the phone waiting to hear from God waiting to hear what is he going to speak to me? What is it that he has for me? What is it that he's wanting me to do right now? We're out doing whatever we want, and we're trying to say, I'm living a Christian life. But God desires for us to be have an intimacy, have a closeness with him, that when that phone rings, man, I'm on it. I'm on it right now. That's what he's desiring for us. And we don't get that by standing way over there. We don't get that. We get that by being in communion and being close to him. Okay, but when, now now you can put it up to your ear here. Okay, oh, don't take, seriously? Seriously, one job. Okay. (laughs) Here's the problem, and this is what happens a lot. So if Rosie right now in this moment is hearing the call of God for her life, that's not enough. It's not enough. See, there are people that will hear the call, There are people who will proclaim the call. There are people who will literally go around and say, I have been called to be a prophet to the nations. Wow. How are you doing that? Uh, I've been called to it. It's kind of my thing. See, we, we have too many people that are, that are claiming what's, what's on the other end of this phone, but they're not willing to start walking it out. See, if you're, listen, if you've got a calling on your life, here's what I, here's what I, I, I love the story, and I'll let you sit down now. Thank you so much. Um, here, here's the story that I love is a story where Jesus feeds the thousands with the loaves and the fish, Right? Right? I love that story. You know why? Because when the disciples came to him, here's what Jesus asked them. How many loaves do you have? See, Jesus in that moment took everything that they're, they're about to faint. We don't have anything. We're too far from the market. We got all these issues. Issue, 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 issue. Reason, 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 reason. And then Jesus said, what do you have? See, we are so caught up looking at what we don't have, looking at what we think we're inadequate to do, looking at what we're not able to do yet, that here the whole time, we got all this stuff around here. Listen, when Bethany and I launched this out, you know what we had? Nada. <sighs> Nothing. Literally, we were, what, six or seven months out from launching the church. We didn't even have a place to have a church. And the date was on the calendar. Bethany's like, we might have to move that date. I was like, nope. God gave us that date. It's going to happen. And you know what we did? We started with what we had. We started with what we had. And you know what? You know why that's hard? Because both of us, we believe in doing things in excellence. Okay? We wanted to have children's pastors day one, youth pastors day one. We wanted to have all this stuff because you know what? We've got places to minister and all of those. And you know what God said? God said, just trust me. Just walk this thing out. And you know what he's done? He's brought us children's pastors and Devin and Diana, right? And I believe that this year, I'm believing that still by the end of this year, because I've got it wrote down, that he's going to send us people to minister to our teens. You know, we have eight to 10 teens in this church today who literally are craving to be ministered to. We're going to, God's going to fill that gap. I believe that. I believe God's going to fill that gap. But here's the thing 
every single gap that we have, it is going to be filled by one thing, someone being willing to answer the call. We, listen, I've told, I've said it many, many times, and I've told many of you that in my life, I want to try as hard as I can to make sure that I never say, I wish I would have. That means I will mess up a lot. That means I will do things that I maybe shouldn't have done. That will mean that I will mess up in church, and you will say, well, that was a big flop. <laughs> I'll say, hi. <laughs> Tried. Um, <laughs> but too many of us are going to look back on our lives, and we're going to say, I wish I would have. We're going to say, I wish I would have answered the call. You know, there's a, there's a man who I worked with for many years. I love, I love him. Such a tender-hearted man who loves, he loves God, loves God. And I worked for him for about four years. And at that point, I was a youth pastor. And I, and I had just taken on a youth pastor at, at a church, and he looked at me. And he was in his, um, he was probably around 50-ish about that time. And he looked at me and he said to me, he said, Tom, do not, do not run from the call of God on your life. He said, because I'm at a crossroads one day where God made it clear to me the path that I had. He said, and I didn't choose it because I was afraid. Because I was afraid of all these different things that he shared with me. And he sat there in his office weeping with me. And I looked at him and I said, God's not done with you. Just, be, just because you miss that call doesn't mean that that phone's not ringing. Doesn't mean that there's not another opportunity on that line. And it doesn't mean that God's not ready for you to fulfill that right now. But what I'll tell you is we need to get better at just picking, up, picking it up, guys. We got to get close to him to that degree so that we can hear him, so that we can know when he's calling out to us. And let me tell you something. Right now, I believe that the earth... I believe that there is such a ringing in the earth right now. I believe that there is such a ringing from people all over this community, all over this nation, all over this world. I believe that there is a ringing right now, and it is up to us to start answering some of those phones. You've got neighbors who need Jesus. Listen, Bethany and I, we have always tried to figure out how to serve our neighbors. And sometimes it's really hard to figure out how to do that. I don't know if anyone else has, has run into that. Sometimes it's really hard. I get lucky with the one neighbor. He'll ask me to do things for him every now and then. Move a trailer because I've got such a huge truck, you know. And, and so I, <laughs> Jimmy's not here. I did it. Um, but like different, different things, right, that he, he'll ask. And it's great because we get to serve him and we get to talk with him and all that. But my neighbor on the other side, it's, it's tough. I, we haven't really had an opportunity to serve her. And literally probably about um, two months ago, I'm mowing the grass and I notice her grass is this tall. And I'm like, that's not typical. And uh, I was like, hmm, I wonder if her mower's broken or something. So I finished mowing my yard and I put my mower up. And all of a sudden I hear a push mower start and I look out and this lady, poor lady, is trying to push mow this yard. And so I cheered her on. No, I'm just kidding. This <laughs> is a freak out. No. So I, got, I went and got my mower and I motor, motor grass for her. 
And she was so appreciative. She was so, and I said, no, no, no. I said, don't even, you don't have to thank me. Just let me serve you. You're fine. Don't worry about it. And, and, uh, um, she, she told me a story that her mowers broke down. They're trying to figure it out. The shop's behind. I said, listen, I am going to keep mowing your grass until you tell me I have a mower again. Okay? Don't even worry about it. You don't have to come out and say hi. You don't feel any obligation. I'm going to keep mowing your grass, right? We need to look for little opportunities like that to serve people. See, because it's little opportunities like that that when something happens, I, listen, I want my entire community to reach out to me when something happens, Right? And there are people that God has around you that he is wanting you to minister to, not me, right? I'm not a pastor that's going to tell you, drag them into church. You don't have to tell them about Jesus. Just bring them in here and I'll do it. No, I won't do your, dir- your dirty work. <laughs> it's yours. It's your victory. It's your purpose. And I want you to walk it out. I believe, <clears throat> I believe that today... I believe that there is a ringing in the earth that's not being answered by too many people. I think some of us aren't answering it because we've just gotten a little bit astray, right? We've gotten distracted by some stuff. Maybe we've gotten confused by some stuff that we've got caught up in. But we need to start taking some steps towards answering the call of God for our lives. And when I say this to you, I'm saying this to me too. There, listen, there's a lot of people that will do their best to make Bethany and I feel amazing. And they do, they do that. But can I tell you something? That when I get to heaven, I'm not gonna answer for how well you think I did. I'm gonna go to heaven and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer for what I've done, not what other people have said. I'd, oh, he, he started a church, and he did this, and they did this, and they did this. No. And so for even for myself, I'm saying right now, I want to walk out more of the purposes of God for my life. I want to answer that call every time, every time that it rings. I told you guys before the story that Bethany and I were at a gas station when I, I climbed out of the truck. This was years ago, years ago, probably, probably at least five or six years ago. And I got out of the truck, and the guy came up to me and said, hey, man, do you, do you have any, any cash? Um, he had said that he, he had broke his jaw and that he needed money um, to get medication um, from the pharmacy right across the street. He says, I just don't have enough money to get, get the medication. And I live in a plastic world. I, I don't think I've seen cash for years. Um, and I said, I said to him, I said, man, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't. I don't have any money at all. But I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, if he needs healing, just offer him healing. And so I said, well, I said, I don't have any money. I said, but if you'd like, I believe that God wants to heal your jaw. And he said, Yeah. I mean, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I said, that's fantastic. I said, let's pray. And I put my hands on his jaw, and I began praying over his jaw. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, his jaw's not broken. (laughs) He needs healing, but that's not the healing that he needs. And I'd like to tell you that in that story, that it's a beautiful ending where I call out what what he needed healed. But I didn't. 
I prayed for the jaw. And as soon as I got done praying, he ran away. And I got in the truck, and I have my cheerleader in my truck who's cheering me on. And she was like, that was incredible how you just ministered to him like that. I said, nope, I messed up. Because when I got in the truck, the Holy Spirit said to me, if you want to follow my will for your life, then you need to do what I say. And I'll tell you that as much of an aha moment that was, it was one of the most real moments that I had with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit spoke to me that day. And let me tell you, if he says something to me, I'm just going to say it. And if it hurts someone, I'm sorry. I was just trying to follow the Spirit. I may mess up, and I'm just going to go from that angle. But some of us have gotten so afraid, so afraid to answer the call, so feel so inadequate that we can't do it. And let me tell you what I want. I want, I want, I want this so desperately for us today. I want us to answer some calls today. I don't, listen, I don't know what God's calling you to. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I'm a prophet that's going to start naming off every single one of you what God is speaking into your spirit right now. But I know that many of you have heard from the Lord. And you know, and there is something that is in your spirit that stirs up when you start thinking. If you think about something that you want to do for God and it starts to well up inside of you, I'm telling you, there is life in that. And when you begin to open up and you begin to experience that life, what will happen is such joy, such joy that you may be longing for.